0: of Crunch Time. I'm your host, Joe Hamilton, alongside Theo the Juggernaut. Theo, how you doing, man?
1: Doing great, man. It's a beautiful day on this wonderful Thursday and getting uh, enjoying the last bit of summer before things get a little crazy. But they are getting crazy in some people's worlds. I wonder why.
0: Gee, I wonder why. There's a few things I want to talk about today. I'm just going to name them off, Theo, because it just get your mind thinking about it. Okay. Um Mark McGuire goes on foul territory talking about how steroid users are being wrongly punished. We'll get to that later. Uh, Also, and this is just a matter of opinion, changes the NHL needs to make. Shorthanded goals. Shorthanded goal instantly ends the power play. That is something we should get into also. Uh, but first let's get into some baseball that, you know, I mean, I, I went to a baseball game yesterday and I'm just going to tell you, Theo, I went yesterday and it was, well, God, probably one of the worst games I think I've ever seen. First of all, you get shut out by the worst team in baseball. Second, second off, you get shut out by eight runs against the worst team in baseball. Uh, granted the Cardinals really don't have much pitching, but Matthew Libertor did come out in Tampa. And pitch 8 innings. Yesterday he can't even make it out of 5. I'm shocked he even rated 4 and 2 thirds. To be honest with you. This guy was absolutely horrible yesterday. The offense didn't look like it was trying. I saw some of the swings Goldie and Arenado were taking. These swings were literally below the zone. Like they were flailing at air. Like that, that shit can't happen you're two of the best players in baseball and you're looking like you're, you should be in the Pacific coast league is what that looked like to me yesterday. So for me, Theo, baseball isn't a great subject to talk about because of where my teams are. If that makes sense. Like it's my team. Right? Let's just put it this way, Theo, my, The Cardinals had first and third nobody out and then bases loaded one out in the same inning and didn't score. Did not score. I mean, now I know what it feels like to be a New York Yankee, but that's not the subject we're talking about here. Um, You, on the other hand, your Blue Jays are getting hot at the right time and they're a really good team, man. I can't wait to watch them in October.
1: They got to get there. Uh, right now, they're sitting in that third spot, and they're playing great ball. I mean, they're five and five in their last ten. Kikuchi comes out and steals an absolute gem from the Phillies a couple nights back, but then last night Bryce Harper decided to hit two dingers, and the Phillies split that. So, you know, I really like the Blue Jays' chance to get into the postseason in October. Pichette's going to be healthy. Vlad hopefully has to get a little hotter. But I mean, Alex Manoa going down to AAA again for a second stint this year. Hopefully he can get his A game back to come back to the bigs because I think he's a vital part of that pitching rotation. We talk about pitching so much and we talk about how vitalists have good starters. The Toronto Blue Jays have a great set of pitchers, a great set of pitchers on books and on the mound. Now, that's something that you Cardinal fans looked at at the beginning of April and said, yeah, we should be a good, solid team. Good hitting. We've got, an, you know, uh Potential uh, MVP in the National League there. We got the corners covered. We got some strength in the outfield. We got some young kids showing up. We had a replacement for Molina on the back end. But, yeah, you don't put anything together. And I'm just going to stop there with the St. Louis Cardinals. Back to my Blue Jays. The bottom line is they have to continue to be consistent. It's a not a race between the tortoise and the hare. It's a race of consistency. And the tortoise is winning this race. And I think in the next month and a half here, I think the Blue Jays can prevail. I think they could probably catch the Tampa Bay Rays because Tampa Bay hasn't had the greatest of July and August. But they are still ahead of them by about four games, as I know. So, you know, we'll wait and see. But yeah, they are an exciting team. They've got some great hitting in a great timely manner. And, uh, you know, they're finishing off the Phillies and hopefully going to come into this weekend with a strong showing to end the week.
0: Yeah, um Toronto, I just love that team. I love that I love that ballpark, man. I got to say I I've, I've always liked the Rogers Centre SkyDome, whatever you want to call it. Theo, so, you know, you're kind of old school. What do you call it?
1: Well, it's the, it was the SkyDome back in the day, but I mean, thanks to uh you know, naming rights and giving teams money to name something. I mean, Rogers is Rogers. Rogers is a big deal here in at The Verizon of uh United States, but uh, you know, the network isn't the isn't the strongest. Let's put it that way.
0: No, it well, Verizon wasn't always the strongest, so we can kind of make the comparison there. Now, Theo, the rest of the league, what what has surprised you the most?
1: Well, certain teams. Like, I mean, what surprised me big time is that I mean, it's not much of a surprise, but just how foul the New York Yankees and the New York Mets are playing. I mean, yes, the Mets got rid of two really good pitchers who are now pitching really, really well on two other teams as opposed to being in a New York Mets pinstripe north and south. Now, when you look at the Yankees, this is the first time they've been under 500 all season. It's the wrong time to be under 500 in the season. And I know some heads are going to be popping like dandelions at the end of this season. Because Yankee Faithful and Yankee Brass don't know what it feels like to be in last place ever. And if you look around the league, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, 10 in a row. Kershaw is pitching fine for him. Betts is doing his deal. I mean, here's a weird stat. I mean, not a weird stat, but an impressive stat. Mookie Betts has more grand slams at the leadoff position in history, and he's still playing. Like, talk about a guy that's lethal at the top of the order and fantastic in the field still. L.A. is getting hot at the right time, as is, I'm not going to say the Padres, but Atlanta is still looking pretty good. Now, they beat up hard on the Yankees the last three games. They are looking like still the best team in the NL, probably the best team in the league, really. And they're continuing their consistency as well. They're doing really good things in Atlanta, really good things in Los Angeles. In the AL side of things, I mean, Baltimore, a little bit of a slip last night, but they're still proven strong. I mean, they're still the cherry on the top. They are the benchmark that you have to meet and make. But Houston's kicking around. Texas might kick in there. So it could be some fun times to watch here in September. But that's what I've got going on. There's another matter that came up, Mr. Doolittle. Not Dr. Doolittle, but Mr. Doolittle from ESPN. Put a number on what Shohei Ohtani should be making for the next 12 years. Did you see this number, Joe?
0: I, I didn't tag you in it, but I did share it. I'm sure that's where you saw it. Now, I think it was in uh, a 700, $700 million range, something in like that. Like,
1: a this seven, guy will make eight, that nine kind point of money. Two.
0: $789.2 million dollars for over, over 12 years. for show. Years.
1: Okay, give me a sec. You just keep talking. I'm pulling up the map.
0: I really don't.
1: That's 66 million a year. And you put it that way, it's not that much. Can you think of Verlander who's gonna be making upwards of that? Scherzer that makes close to that. There's some guys, um, you know, that do make bank like that. And you and I have talked about the fact that he's a two-way player pitching and batting. Maybe that tails off in the rest of his career or the remainder of his career. We don't know. But when you think about it, it's not like it's out of reach. Really? What do you think?
0: Man, he can't do this the rest of his career. And and this is where this topic comes into play. I was watching, I don't know if you watch a show on MLB Network called Off Base Ever. Um, off Base, basically, they talked about um, should ho, or Shohei Ohtani not pitch the rest of the year? Should Shohei Ohtani just kind of shut it down from a pitching point of view the rest of the year, knowing you're about to get paid, knowing that you know again you can't do this your entire career? Is this something that would behoove Shohei Ohtani to do?
1: I mean. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's call it time management. Let's call it player management. And but he'd
0: still be hitting Theo. This is this sure. is still no, no, a DH thing. You're, you're but, taking I mean,
1: away a part of his game. You're taking away. Yeah, his but when you say
0: load management, I'm thinking NBA and it, You know, yeah. freaking exactly. not playing mm-hmm. at all. Don't you no, can't put load is, management there.
1: This is a load management for the fact that you know when he pitches, does he he takes the pitching? He's not a DH, right? Like he's pitching you and no, he's DH-ing. pitching
0: and DHing.
1: He's pitching and DHing, yeah. and when he's not pitching. He's playing in the field, right?
0: Right. Well, no, no. When he's when he's not pitching, he's just DHing.
1: So he's just going to be a DH for the rest of the season. He's not going to be a pitcher anymore.
0: Well, and... this isn't. Hey, this isn't confirmed. This is just something they talked about, and it kind of makes sense.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, because he basically is taking took this start that was supposed to be yesterday. He took. The, you know, they skipped his turn in the rotation. Now, I'm just asking you, CEO, should they do that the rest of his season? Or is it it's like, you know what, you're seven out, what's the point?
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you were one game out, if you were making a real push like you were supposed to, like you said you were August 1st, and you made those trades, and you made those commitments to your team, and you made those commitments to your fans, and you made those commitments to Shohei Otani himself, then you would say, yeah, keep going. But they haven't done anything. They have they lost the first seven games, eight games, out of that trade deadline. That's right behind the eight ball, if ever I've ever seen it before, Joe. That's a 7-10 split using a five pin ball. Ain't going to happen. You know, it's just... It's so unfortunate that the team responded in that way. And let's be honest. Like, there's... Their schedule coming into August wasn't the easiest. But you shouldn't have gone 0-7. And, 7. and you, you set yourself up. And that's the and the other question is quitting. I don't think Shohei Ohtani is a quitter. I don't think he wants to show any other 30 teams that he is a quitter. But do you say to yourself, Mr. Ohtani, son, you are worth a lot of money April 2024. You are worth a lot of a career for the next decade. You are worth a great amount to a organization, whether you sign with the Angels or elsewhere. Consider the long run. Consider the next versus the present. I don't think it would be wrong for Shoei Otani to stop pitching. Maybe just throw lightly, but you're not going out there throwing 99-mile-an-hour heat. You're done off the mound. Not a bad call. And I hate to say that. Yeah, because I, I would say...
0: agree. No, and that's why I asked you, Theo. I mean, that, that was brought up, and it makes total sense. I mean, if you're going to go out on the market and make that kind of money, that just makes me think that you should kind of dial it down a little bit, especially if you're not in contention. Right. So that's, I mean, you, that's you, you the, you
1: lost your running partner in Mike. Trudeau. And,
0: and they told the you back thing. by now, you right? You don't have a
1: running partner. Running mate. No, no running mate. No,
0: and, and no running mate at all. And the angels are not protecting him. He has no protection at all. None. Kind of sad to think about, but we could spend another hour talking about Otani, obviously, but uh, we really can't do that. Now I have two topics here. Let's go with the baseball one first because, hey, it just fits. Here's here's the thing. Mark McGuire went on the Foul Territory podcast. I don't know if you've ever watched this. I don't know if you've – he basically says, and, and I'll quote on this, I didn't need to do it, and I apologize for it. But there was a lot of hard work. A lot of fucking hard work that went behind this shit people want to give me. Look, you still have to hit the ball, okay? And I I understand. I don't know if it messes messes with your vision, but makes it better. I don't know what the prognostics on steroids are, if it actually makes you better, if that's just an excuse Major League Baseball wants to give you. But I think they are getting wrongly... Punished because here's the thing, Theo. That steroid era era came in the wake or came after a strike that could have ended Major League Baseball. I mean the 94 strike basically took a team out of Montreal. Okay. Um fans were not filing into the stadium at all. Then you have these two guys, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. I mean, there were others. You had Rafael Palmeiro, you had Vinny Casilla, you had guys in that race, but toward the end, it was Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Without those guys, would we even be watching Major League Baseball right now?
1: You ask a... Who is... Is it Major League Baseball that is hurting these players in the steroid era? Because last time I checked, they got 100% of their cash in their contracts. Secondly, do these players that are in the steroid era really care about going to Cooper's time? Some of them do, some of them don't. Bonds do does. McGuire does. And it's Roger Clemens doesn't. Mark McGuire does. Sammy Sosa couldn't care less. Barry Bonds will probably never see the Hall. You know, and I mean, for this for the statue and for, like you said, the 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 notoriety of being a phenomenal baseball player. Yeah, you still need skill. You still need to make contact. You still need to find a strike zone. Steroids does not change your visual acuity. Steroids do not change your mental um, fortitude and your concentration. It makes you a. It makes you go into beast mode. That's what it does. Okay, steroids, human growth hormone, whatever you want to call it, the illegal substance use, makes you bigger, faster, and physically stronger. That's what it does. It puts your body through hell. But as a training specimen, it gives you the ultimate next level power. Human growth hormone is only illegal because professional sports feels it gives you a cutting edge or a next-level edge over the competition. Okay. If you were Joe said to your pharmacist or your doctor, hey, <clears throat> I want to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and you asked them for the prognostics and the opportunities to take HGH, and your insurance or your Obamacare, or whatever, said it would cover it, help you make you stronger, would you take it? Absolutely. Everything you take has a side effect. Okay. But because professional sports requires somewhat of a level playing field, they ban those substances. Well, let's turn the page here. Chapter two. What if Mark McGuire was onto something and said, you know what, why don't we just make it legal so everyone can do it? It's your choice.
0: I mean, he's not amateur sports
1: anymore; it's professional. I sports.
0: understand that Theo, But you can't have role models out there, and most of these kids see these guys as role models. You can't have role models out there taking steroids these days, because what? No, hold we're on, mean, I'm not, we're not what, bringing, McGuire, the, not bringing no.
1: the role model thing into it. I'm not bringing. No, role
0: I am. I, no, I am. I, you I,
1: know I, why? why you up...
0: Go ahead. No, you go. All right, I'm, I'm bringing oh, role model into this because so many kids loved Mark McGuire. So many kids loved Sammy Sosa. So many of these kids loved Vinny Castilla. So many of these kids loved, and I'm not saying Gary Jr. did anything, but he was in the same era, and there were always questions, and I, I never accuse anyone of doing anything. It's just same era, so I'm going to go there. And he was probably one of the biggest role models there was, Okay. These guys, these kids look up to these guys. Watch the Little League World Series right now. How many of these kids are going to say, my favorite athlete is Albert Pools? My favorite athlete is such and such. My favorite, you know, uh, David Ortiz. You know, how many of these kids are going to say that? That's where the role models come in. So are you going to tell these kids it's okay to take steroids? And, and just going back to McGuire real quick before you respond to that. What McGuire took at the time was legal. What McGuire took at the time, I think it was Andrea or something, whatever it was, it was legal at the time. But go ahead, go ahead, I'll let you finish.
1: You're looking at a question of, um, when you bring up the role model aspect of it, yes, you are treading on thin water. You are treading on the uh, identity and the culture and the image of professional sports. We can go through every single professional sport nowadays, and we can speculate who is and who isn't. We can go through amateur sport, and we can look at you know the opportunity that presents itself to say they may have, they may have not have, or she may have, or she may not have. But this is about professional sports and the integrity of the sport versus the integrity of selling the sport, marketing the sport, and making sure, again, sport does have that level of both human error and level playing field. Same rules apply to everybody. That's what matters. Okay. You know... I And I can't speculate 30 years ago, Joe, that there weren't players in major sports that did or did not take steroids, whether it was legal or illegal. We can't do that. We can't go back to it. But if you told me that Major League Baseball and Cooperstown was completely pristine, 100% natural, you would not agree with that statement.
0: No. No, I would not, because...
1: uh... In Mark McGuire's scenario, I agree. You have to, have to blame. If you're going to blame anybody, you blame Bud Selig. Bud Selig would not have been commissioner of Major League Baseball, and Donald Ferry wouldn't have been the head of the MLBPA if that strike went any longer and if there was no rebound. Steroids was the rebound. Steroids, unfortunately, I'm going to say this, was a saving grace to Major League Baseball. Without that home run chase, without Barry Bonds going big, without Roger Clemens throwing 20 strikeouts in a game, all of those feats are not natural. All of those feats are not normal. And lastly, all of those feats do not save baseball. They only help strengthen the game for what it was in a period or an era of that time. And Bud Selig and Major League Baseball allowed it. Simply put, they didn't care about the cork bats. They didn't care about the busted balls. When you had Sammy Sosa in the lineup in the Chicago Cub uniform, Wrigley Field went off. Wasn't Ryan Sandberg saving the day? Come on. Wasn't
0: wasn't Billy Williams?
1: Billy D had no. (laughs) You know, you think Cardinals fans (laughs) and Mark McGuire would get such a push? In St. Louis, if it wasn't the case, come on.
0: And, and let's be honest here. The Cardinals were shit in 1998. If it wasn't for Mark McGuire, how full would Bush Stadium 2 be? And, and yeah, right field would be empty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Left field would so cost it twice as much to go sit in it because Mark McGuire yanked the ball over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, Big Mac Land. I always wondered what Big Mac Land seeds costed then. To go check, you have to Google that one. I I might have to. I might have to go look up, look, look up that, look that up. I mean, so, Dad, I wonder how much, uh, um, Big Mac Land seeds costed when Mark McGuire was playing, because he hit all those home runs there. Twenty five, but I think I, which could have been. A lot, like forty-five now. I get that, but yeah. So
1: yeah, I mean, the the the, players when they play in a generation or an era should not be judged on other eras and generations. I know we compete and we compare all the time. We did it last week with Mount Rushmore and first baseman. Okay, Uh, you know we talked about we talk about all that. That's opinion. That's matter. That's speculation. But the thing is this, if you're going to have a benchmark to what Cooperstown is and isn't, you got to make sure it's level. And just because you're looking at the fact that things aren't being taken care of or taken for granted, all because of the possibility or doing something that was legal at the time and it wasn't even, you know, corrected until after the fact.
0: no, no. and here's just a comment on that I read. Uh, one of my friends on Facebook basically saying, "Cheating's cheating. Period. I don't care if it is entertaining. I call bullshit on that. I call absolute bullshit on that. Considering you got to know what Major League Baseball was going through at that time, so Major you can't. League
1: Baseball's full of cheaters. Let's be yeah, honest.
0: But, but at the same time, look. I mean, look." Kids grew up watching baseball. Baseball was great through the 80s, early 90s. Then you had these worded up dudes hitting balls in the Yellowstone Park from Bush Stadium or from Wrigley Wrigley Field. I mean, it was entertaining to watch. But at the same time, it's because it was entertaining, it saved baseball. More fans came back. More fans came back. So, whatever, I'm sorry to whoever commented here, but, um, yeah, it was entertaining. The entertainment value was enough to save baseball. That's all I'm going to say on that. And I, I kind of want to move on Theo or else I'm going to go off even more. This is more of a question for you slash, and I'll give my two cents on it too, but kind of a fun thing to kind of end the show. And unless you have, we'll get to your theory after, if you have one, but this is, I've, Wanted to talk to you about this for like a week. Changes the NHL should make: a shorthanded goal instantly ends the power play. The floor is yours, Theo. Go ahead. Uh,
1: in one word, no.
0: Okay, but you need to explain it. You can't just say no. So
1: the team, so a shorthanded goal when scored, absolutely is one of the is a rare thing to occur. I mean, considering I don't don't know the stats, but if you look at 100% of the penalties versus the number one or the amount of penalties related to the number of shorthanded goals, it'd be a small number, be a small percentage. And the team that is on the power play has been awarded that two minutes or five minutes to have that advantage on an infraction. You're then looking at it as a, a a fraction with a positive reinfraction, and saying that the team now is double lopsided by not having a chance to score anyway. I mean, on a power play. I get how it'd be exciting. I get how it would be you know more of a test for the team that had the five, and how exciting it would be for the fours to really show up and outdo the fives, I get that. We would add a bit of excitement. But the excitement should already be there. I mean when you have when you see a five on four going on and you see a shorty go put in the net the response to that team is pretty pretty crappy for the team that got scored on. Like yeah like I mean I as a Winnipeg Jets fan I was more upset when we had more shorthanded goals scored on us than we had more power play goals scored at one time. It was incredible. I think we had like nine or 12 shorties on us last year, which was awful. But that just showed you how terrible of a defense we played when we had five on fours. I mean, I don't see it as being, I mean, it's one of those ideas like, oh, let's make the net six by five instead of six by four. What? What? Like
0: Baseball made a rule like that. They lowered the mound. Yeah, so I mean, I mean,
1: <laughs> I get it. I mean, I get it as being you know, uh, you know, another way to dress up the pig and you know, put a little of a lipstick on it and make it look good. Yeah, here's another idea. Put it on. Why not? Sure. Let's see what happens. If you really want to test it out, do it in the preseason. See what happens. But the preseason is not a good match because it's not regular season. Those games don't count.
0: You know, do um, what baseball does put it in the minor leagues, put it in the AHL, put it in the ECHL, put it, put it in uh, yeah. junior leagues even. Just see if it works. I mean, just I feel like it could gain some legs, man. I really feel like this could yeah. would be an option. I really do.
1: I mean, I would throw it you're not AHL, bashing just me just for us. it.
0: Yeah. AHL, put it in the AHL, see what it does. Uh, Theo, before we get out of here today, do you have a theory on anything? And we're going to be coming up for be the on the NFL season for,
1: soon. Oh you know, I've been watching a lot of, uh, you know, we talked, you know, I'm watching a lot of different things about the situation. And we don't talk a lot about the NBA. We talk a little bit about the NHL, which we'll talk about a lot more in the upcoming weeks because the season's starting. But we're starting to see the importance of – Players and their mentions and their comments on who they want to play with and who they don't want to play with. And we're looking at formations of, you know, line mates and teammates and things like that, especially in the NHL. We've seen some great power trios being formed. I know there was a meme that came up Would you, who would you take the top line of the Kings versus the Leafs versus the Red Wings versus the Senators now and five years from now, kind of thing? But I look at what a player in the NBA named James Harden has done compared to what a player in the NBA named Kyrie Irving and how they've alienated themselves to being teammates, but at the same time, you put them on a basketball field and they do great things. James Harden, I don't know what he's thinking, what he's doing. I don't know what he's done to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Even getting Joel Embiid to start saying, yeah, I'm done with the 76ers too. I'm completely floored in all those matters. The bottom line is we are starting to see more than ever the importance of player relationships with other players as opposed to players and organizations. commitments.
0: Uh, Theo, I know this is your theory, but can I jump in on that real quick? Give her. The NBA is full, full, uh, full of the most prima donna individuals I've ever heard of or seen in my life. Oh, I don't want to play with this person, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go talk some shit. I'm gonna go talk some shit on him. I don't want to play for this organization, Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, man. You're playing a professional sport, and you're getting paid a shit ton of money to do it. Get over yourself. Get. Uh, I'm pardon my French. I'm not. I don't like doing this on the show, but I'm gonna do it. Get the fuck over yourself. I'm so tired of turning on first take every day and reading something new in the NBA about somebody not wanting to play with someone, someone allegedly talking shit about someone else. I'm getting tired of that. When did it become about the sp- when did it not become about the sport? That's what I want to know. That that's, that is a topic. That, that is a topic for another day. It really is. That's really another.
1: Is. That's another hole I could dive into, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people that would say different about it, but I have a good theory on that too.
0: No, I mean I'm sorry to cuss. I, I hate doing it unless it's absolutely needed. But come on, man. So I hope you approve of my banter there.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's your opinion. I think that that's, what, that's what things have come to these days, is opinion mattering a lot more over fact and, you know, evidence. I mean, there's proof in pudding. There's proof in fact. There's proof in certain arenas, if you will. But when it comes to professional sports, we've seen how important the player is now compared to the organization we've seen how important a cookie-cut model of winning is not the proven and only way to win and we've also seen how you know there are a lot of sentiments towards old school thinking versus new age new wave thinking that should be changed or could be changed or we think we should have a feeling of changing it but we shouldn't so i mean a lot of there's that's a lot of rabbit holes we got to dive into there Joe.
0: We do, and we don't have a lot, have time to do that today. But we will coming up. Uh, I'm not going to bring up the situation. I'm just going to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rays fans. What Wander Franco did is inconceivable, and you should. I mean, this guy, this guy was a number one pick going through your system, and now may not even see the field again, that's, that's absolutely sad. Now I'm not saying that's confirmed or anything. I'm just saying there's a possibility there. And as a baseball fan, that would be a hit to baseball. So, um, Theo, do you have anything else to add? I'll I'll get off here.
1: Interesting news. I saw today, Joe, on, uh, I don't know if you've seen the releases of NHL 24 and all the new improvements and oh. we should maybe talk about that next week, but also, the removal of Ray Ferraro in the commentary group for NHL 24 and the addition of Cheryl Pounder. Do you see that as well? And that might be something of a discussion.
0: No, I time. did not.
1: So, is James, is James Sabowski not, still going to be the uh... – They're replacing him. And I'd say instead of replacing him, why don't you make it an addition too? Just saying.
0: Like they did a few games ago. I forget what her name was. Carlin Bade? Yeah. So, that's interesting. Now, I wonder if they're going to keep James Sobalski or not. If they're making changes uh-oh. to the commentary, but that's going to be interesting. Uh, we I will follow up on that, and I will get back to you next week on that. That's interesting. Uh, interesting development there. Anyway, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Until next week, have a great weekend, everybody.